Anytime the military has an operation that can't fail, they call this guy in to train the troops, okay? He's the kind of guy that would drink a gallon of gasoline so he could piss in your campfire. You could drop this guy off at the Arctic Circle wearing a pair of bikini underwear without his toothbrush, and tomorrow afternoon he's gonna show up at your poolside with a million-dollar smile and a fistful of pesos. This guy's a professional, you got me? If he reaches this rig, we're all gonna be nothing but a big goddamn hole right in the middle of Alaska. So let's go find him and kill him and get rid of the son of a bitch. Hi guys, welcome to Midnight Movie Night, where we discuss some of the most enjoyably bad movies of all time. Got a couple special guests with me today. Returning on his third time on the podcast is CTA Comedy. CTA, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me again, Kevin. Yeah, of course. Always nice to see you. Join with us for the very first time. He's hilarious. You've seen him at the Laugh Factory. You've seen him at the Comedy Store. He's from Australia. He's got his own YouTube show called Good Day from LA. Is Dan Green. Dan, how are you? I'm doing great, mate, but you kind of fluffed me a little bit. I'll stand, I stand in front of the Laugh Factory and I was, on, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was billed to be in the original room on the first day of the pandemic. And that's how oh. much this fucking <laughs> pandemic sucks. Yeah. I finally but, cracked the original room and, uh, at, the, at the comedy store and uh, I got bumped. And oh, shut down. sorry to hear that, Dan. That uh, was, you're not going to do uh, the thing where they stand in front of the window where everyone has headphones and they listen to the audience? I, I, I like this. I've actually figured this whole Zoom thing out pretty good at this point. So, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, you're, yeah see, I haven't. I gave up on zoom comedy i've just been doing the podcast i just feel like it's more natural to do a podcast as opposed to zoom well, I, I attached it to my food source and that seemed to give me the correct drive and ambition to make it work there you go yeah as long as you have it figured out because i just i did it and i just gave up yeah. i'm just gonna just cry alone in my room at night that's how i quarantine it's just <laughs> but we're here to talk about a movie which cool. was was so hilarious so amazing and i really <laughs> this just this movie steven seagal's one and only movie that he ever directed on deadly ground which oh my god where do you begin which is like i mean first off we gotta talk about steven seagal and where he stands as an action movie star because i'm trying to figure it out because i didn't really grow up with him i watched um under siege like that was kind of the only one I watched. Like you know, was, and I kind of noped down after. Like it was okay. It was like a shameless diehard ripoff, but I enjoyed it. And then after that, it was just kind of it for me. Like I just didn't go any further than that. But this movie, I thought, was amazing. I thought, mate, like, <laughs> Steven Seagal movies were the kind of movies that I used to go to my friends' houses to watch because my parents wouldn't let me get them because I was yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch them. So I grew up in a small town in Australia and we only had one video store so you couldn't go in there and pull any Swifties because the guy would just tell your parents what you were getting. So we, yeah, had, get, exactly. we had to get my, my buddy's dad to get the Steven Seagal collection basically for us. And, uh, Forbidden fruit. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> it's pretty beautiful. I think that, in, that increases the, that you like it more. When you're yeah. a child and you're told like this is what's badass and then you can't wait to see that. But um, I would, to put, listen, to put Steven Seagal in perspective, I think you got to start off with uh, Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Exactly. That's and what I was going to say. That those two were the ones in the 80s that did There's a lot of other people that came along trying to get on board, but the only people that successfully got on board, in my opinion, were Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven right. Seagal. 
Now, other people had stuff. You know, Mel Gibson had a couple kick-ass movies, but he's not a full-blown action star. And they tried, like, Michael Dudikoff and a whole bunch of other people that were just one-offs. But these you're, guys... You're telling me... Don't, that you, that don't that. you dare call the American Ninja a one-off, man. Come on. Hey, you can, you're telling me Jean-Claude Van Damme's movies are better than Mel Gibson's? No, no, I'm saying as far as who became like an, an action, action movie. star. Uh, yeah, like, nowadays, was... you see... Remember when uh, Jason uh, Statham came out and they were like, right. oh, no, he's going to be an action star. And people were like, oh, I don't know if I believe it. And they're like, we're going to put him in every action movie you see until you believe it. <laughs> and now Dude, people are like, fine, I, I believe we, it. We had Dude, to. I, 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 ran, I ran into Dolph Lundgren pumping gas the other day out on oh. Sunset. Did you really? It was the, the fucking coolest things ever. I'm sitting oh. there at the gas pump. And I just looked at him. He, I'm pumping gas. He's pumping gas. I looked at him. I said, I must break you. And he goes, I went, fucking kick ass. I just went back to cover my gas. Uh, that was the interaction. It was so cool. I'm like, ah, cool. uh, I'm so jealous because I was going to bring up Dolph Lundgren because Showdown and Little Tokyo, I don't know if you guys have yes. seen it, is amazing. And it's going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks because <laughs> I just, I, I saw it for the first time and that was the best ever. Yeah, how Brandon Lee didn't get an Oscar for that, I have no idea. I don't know. He, he must have. amazing. I know. He used to, he died. So he could, probably couldn't accept the Oscar, but it happens. Like we, we all die, but going on, I mean, on deadly ground, I just want to talk. I mean, the movie starts out like this oil rig is on fire and Steven Seagal enters and his jackets in this movie. We got to talk about his wardrobe because <laughs> fucking five of them. Five. <laughs> I counted them, man. There's five fucking jackets. <laughs> and he, uh, it's it cold was, up there. And never, it this was guy, cold. where is his? He never never goes to his apartment once, <laughs> and he's got the cowboy jacket, the black and white jacket, the furry Eskimo jacket, the tan furry jacket, and the fucking uh, red frilly jacket. Uh, he's got them all. And he shows up, and he what's his first line was like, "Hey man, what's cooking?" Because you know the oil rig is on fire, and he's got to crack jokes. People are dying, mm-hmm. but it's not doesn't mean you can't make the audience laugh. Well, you, you got to have the one liner. Once again, everything about this movie, even the directorial style, is taken directly from somebody else's action film. (laughs) Every piece of this movie is taken from somebody. I like it, okay? But honestly, I feel like uh, Dan Green could probably direct just as good of a film. Maybe. I'm not going to lie to you. Because there's so many holes. Like the jacket, you know, you just mentioned the great hole. The jacket, we never see his house. We never see where he lives. We never see anything about him. He shows up on the scene ready to rock. Like and a, he rocks up in a helicopter with one set of clothes on. How the fuck does he get all these fucking clothes? And then what does he do? I just love that line because we meet the old guy and they have this whole back and forth. It's like, you sold out, man. You're a piece of shit. And Steven Seagal has this line where it's like, $350,000. I'd fuck anything once. And he walks away like, I just don't. What? I don't like what are you trying to say Stephen I really I mean I guess he's a sellout I guess because he calls him a whore but but, I, but isn't the funny thing the fact his character's name is Forrest and his name is or I was gonna bring that like, up his name is I'm sorry I didn't even drop all over you <laughs> no, it, I'm busted I was like come on man that's the idea what are you doing he doing? wants to get to the forest part really quick let's just say this though this was the second most successful forest of 1994 and I don't, I can, I have no idea what the first one is. Don't Forrest Gump. Uh, okay. My I God, would imagine I was Forrest Gump was more say. successful than Forrest. His name is Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Taft, by the way. Forrest Taft. So they were like, let's name him Forrest, but then we'll put a presidential name on the end. 
<laughs> but I just love, okay, he lights his cigarette with the oil rig fire because he's a badass. Super badass. But what I don't understand, so he just like, check this shit out, blows the whole thing up while he's standing right next to it. And that's not the first time where he doesn't get killed by this giant explosion. Like, he's just chilling. And they're so impressed. Do you think there's a fire crew somewhere off the side just going, fuck you. We're going to put this thing out. And he just blew the whole fucking thing up. And then that's the way he does things. He's just a fucking, he's just, you know, he's a rookie. He just, he doesn't play by the rules. But, I mean. (laughs) He's hard-boiled and doesn't play by the rules. (laughs) Kevin Heisinger and Dan Green star in On Deadly Ground Part 6. I wish. There was Under Siege. California. He only oh, did Under me. Siege 2 to do this movie. Oh, man. Fact. Yeah. But... So the entrance is amazing. But he comes yeah. in, and doesn't he just kind of do a job that anybody could do? Like, it's if like, the dudes had already set up all the things, and then he just comes in and flips his... Like, nobody had the balls to flip the switch. They'd set all the charges. They're too scared. It's I'm just, sure there's another it's dude that's like... For Steven Seagal. <laughs> There's another guy that's like, I'm ready to flip the switch. When my time's right, I've been working on my switch finger. When, my, <laughs> when it's my time, I will be the switch master. <laughs> but what's like, what, no, I mean, fuck you, Forrest is coming. Right? <laughs> fuck you, Forrest is coming. Oh, I'm the second string flicker, man. I'm the second stringer. <laughs> it's, I mean, so Michael Caine is in this movie as the, the main villain, and which I'm assuming is some sort of paycheck role. But we also have a guy who was in Scrubs, named Dr. Cox, who was also his sidekick, which I thought, I mean, Michael Caine was fine as the mustache-twirling villain, like, you know, burn everything down. But I thought Dr. Cox was a little out of place. I like him as an actor. I don't think this was the role for him. I don't know how you guys feel. I have some questions. And I actually I actually hit up John C. McGinley on I Twitter. I saw that, yeah. Okay, and I asked him, I said, you sat there and watched... Rookie director, Steven Seagal, direct Academy Award winner, Michael Caine. How the fuck did that go down? And his response to me, he responded, which blew me away. Like, mm-hmm. Apparently he ain't doing shit except responding to fucking some dude with 22 followers on Twitter fucking asking <laughs> questions. Fucking, he basically said that Steven Seagal left him and, uh, left himself and Michael Caine alone for the entire shoot. He because he knows, like, you guys have been he didn't come near him. But I got an issue with John C. McGinley in this movie. Yeah. Does he play two parts? It feels like he plays two parts. I really don't. Like they and he, I checked one. the credits. He's not credited for two parts. Which <laughs> Does he just, really? Yeah, in a suit, he has a British accent. When he wears a suit, he has a, Brit, a fucking half-ass British accent. And Does then when he's back wearing his fucking like mercenary gear, he's like fucking full-on American. And I'm like, what? Because when he wears the suit, his hair's slicked back. And everybody like, it's strange. It's like they ran out of people and said, "We need a, we need a Michael Caine light." Anybody can. It's like Stephen's gone. Can anybody do a fucking British accent around here? And Doctor Cox has gone. Oh, have a go, Governor. And he just goes, "Um, I'll show you guys how to do it." And Stephen Seagal's like, "Okay, you guys print that. Print that." He's like, "Yeah, I'm a pro. I did all the Stone movies. Get the fuck out of my way." That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, he was so good in Platoon. I feel like. Stephen Seagal yeah, saw that. He said, "Okay, like you're, well, you've been you've been in another movie before." <laughs> but was there? I mean, Michael Caine. Okay, we, we you know um, Kevin. We've talked before about Michael Caine doing role. You know, we talked about Jaws four in the very podcast. Can't forget. And at least he enjoyed that role. 
Yeah. This role, he had utter disdain for everybody else in every scene. He was just like this. I've got to go get lunch. And they're like, was that even in the script? We're going to keep that, though. We're keeping it's that. It's true. It because he, like, yeah. he even he just, said, because, I mean, he was in Jaws 4. He was in Hawaii. And yeah. that was awesome. And he was having a good time. But he even said, because they were filming in Alaska. And I was like, and he even said, this is fucking miserable. And I hate this. And I, I do not want to be here. And he said, on deadly ground? Yeah, that's that's a good title. This was appropriate for how I felt. <laughs> Being he, does, he does come across as very angry in this movie. And it looks very natural. He's scary right. as fuck. But it worked. Yeah, he's the mustache-twirling villain. Right. You know, it's a typical plan, right? Although that's where the twist comes in, and that's why I think this is a Seagal, uh, you know, why he wanted to direct it, because instead of just being the bad guys versus the good guy, you know, it's got an environmental twist that Seagal felt was going to be push it over the edge to make it the, you know, like, like, bro, they're going to love this in Kane and in Brooklyn. (laughs) And then they leaned in and they go, it's pronounced Khan, and he said... I don't care. But that the the scene where they're at the bar and the bar fight, the bar fight, the Native American guy keeps coming up, but the one dumb and dumber guy keeps beating the shit out of him. I'm assuming that Native American guy was homeless, and uh, but by the way, outside outside of the Native American guy and the guy from Dumb and Dumber, that is the best looking crowd of people I've ever seen in a bar in Alaska ever. That there's nobody fat in that crowd. Everybody is fucking trim and looks good. Lively. And there are three of the hottest chicks that Alaska's ever seen. <laughs> it's almost like it wasn't in Alaska. Almost. <laughs> uh, but so first Steven Seagal walks past him, but then he decides, no, I gotta kick this guy's ass. But first he beats up all of his friends with a lasso. What was that? I don't really... He's lasting them all up. He kicks them all... But what I think is funny is that he's beating the shit out of this guy's friends, and the main guy just keeps laughing the whole time. Like, yeah, this guy fucking sucks. But, like, he's literally killing every single one of your best Steven friends. Steven Seagal's ahead of his time. If you See, look at the Kingsman, man. They're doing... They're ripping off his shit. <laughs> his fight... Which, by the way, his fighting style compared to, like, John claude Van Damme and everybody. <laughs> it was, like, a specific... Martial arts style, wasn't it? It was like I forgot what. Uh, Kendo, I believe he was. Kendo is what I believe they were referring to it as. Where circles? They believe in standing and just chopping and just you know being as slow as you can, but just not really moving and hoping that maybe your 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 enemy falls. And then and then the same judo trip over and over. You know the whap whap judo trip. It gets amazing. (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing. I just knocked this guy down. But you know why he came out with the lasso? That was because in his other movies, you know, what was his? I think his first big one was Marked for Death. Probably. No, hard not, to kill. It was Nico Above the Law. Above, above the Law. The that's law. the one. So in that one, Above the Law, he has the worst accent in that one. He's like, you know, oh, you guys, you guys are going to tell me what I need to know. Ooh. I mean, he does the worst, yeah. you know. Guys. I'm from the neighborhood. I'm from Let the hood. Do my thing. So, so in those first few movies of his, you know, he kicked ass in this particular way. So in this movie, I feel like he really went out of his way to like, oh, bro, I can fight with a noose too. You know, <laughs> hand me that candlestick. I'm gonna show you how Daddy does it. Like he really well, wasn't right. afraid. In those other movies, he hit people with pool balls and yeah. pool cues all the time. This time, he's in a bar with two fucking pool tables and he hits people with a lasso. Right. 
And not only that, he hopped over that bar table and kicked that guy in the face. Like that was it. The bar table didn't knocked over, and he he just he killed it. Like he's so. How about the bartender that goes, "Don't break anything," and then she like that's her best acting in the whole movie. (laughs) Like, no, not the chairs. Please stop. (laughs) But I just love. We gotta talk about the hand slap game that they play, which is that shows to prove the guy that he's not tough which is what you like you set your hands above the other guys and it's the whole thing about reflexes where if he hits the top of your palms then right oh my god is that (laughs) well did you okay so i actually played that game in high i definitely remember that game i've played the game before never in a bar fight and two for flinching and the circle game it's like right up there with those high high school let me punch you games it's stupid because i mean oh look at you you have reflexes congratulations you're a human being like i'm gonna punch you now like i don't don't get it but it's just once again instead of just kicking his ass he's got to prove that he's the new thinking man zen right even though he sold even though earlier in the movie not 10 minutes ago in the movie he sold out for three hundred thousand dollars yeah but now all of a sudden he's just like even though i put you know even though i put all your friends in the er you and i are going to have a man-to-man slap fight and i'm going to teach you something they have a slap fight, and what's his face? He even goes, "Hit me with your best shot," and then he punches it. It's like, okay, like you just, congrats, <laughs> like you just punched him. But then they do the whole slap game. I just, uh, it, I just being from being from Australia, these whole drinking fucking slap game things are completely alien to me. Usually, someone <laughs> looks at you and just goes, mm, "I'm going to hit you, mate!" Boom, that's and it. Punches you right in the dial. And that's how it goes in America, too. That's why I love this bar fight so much, because they get in this hand slap. And then, but then when Steven Seagal looks at him and he says, you know, what does it take to change the essence of a man? And what's his face just is so blown away, just, I need to change. And they kind of like shake hands after that and walk away from each other. And I got to say, after every bar fight and any fight scene in a movie I've ever seen, that is like the most profound way to end a fight. I've never seen that happen. We're like, thank you for teaching me this lesson. And he has blood pouring down his face because see, Mr. God just knocked his ass out. He's like, thank you for teaching me what a piece of shit I am. You've really, you know, you've overeducated all the years of racism I've learned in this five minutes. <laughs> that scenes in a lot of movies though. You know, yeah. where the guy gets his ass kicked and then comes. Usually in the movie, he'll come back as an ally. He's yeah. Like martial Eventually. Arts movie, you know? After but at think, least a few days. So that's what led this guy to take the job uh, in Colorado for Dumb and Dumber, though, right? Is he, got, he worked in Alaska. He got his ass kicked. Then he yeah, moved on to the dumb. Got to go to Alaska. Like gets character. murdered by Jim Carrey. <laughs> How did they know I was the gas man? Oh, How would you be there? You turn up at Dumb and Dumber with the, was it the Farrelly Brothers who directed Dumb yeah. and Dumber, and you're like, uh, so what's your experience? Well, just had Steven Seagal direct me. And you're like, job. oh, yeah, you're perfect for what we're doing. <laughs> He's like, bro, in 95, I can do anything. After this year, I can do anything. Okay. Oh, man. But so the old guy and his Macintosh and his floppy disk with info, I thought was really pivotal. Oh, but I mean, the whole scene where Dr. Cox comes in and tries to get that floppy disk from him, I thought was pretty brutal. See, how old are you guys? How old are both of you? I don't want to say on just... the air. Okay, did you use an Apple IIe with a floppy disk? Because I learned I... school on one of those motherfuckers. I did. I remember. So nice. I'm not saying, I just thought it was funny that both of them at the same time, they're like, where's the floppy disk? Is it on this Mac? <laughs> but that whole scene 
And that's when I started doubting Dr. Cox as this role, because he's trying to be intimidating, but I'm just like, you're just, you're not that tough. He's like, where's the disc? I'm gonna break your fingers. And the old guy's like, okay. And then they did with what, what the fuck was that bone? It was like an extended torture scene that we was out of nowhere. Like, Steven, what were you feeling that day? He, you, he, went, he went all zero dark 30. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> really. Cool. He wanted to be, you know, edgy with his, his first and only directorial movie. It does look like it was six different movies just stuck together. It really, because it really did seem like a little bit of Dances with Wolves, a little bit of, I don't even know what else, but that whole scene. And when he's like screaming, I'm like, you keep saying I, there's no I in team, it's me. And then he beats the shit out of him, like, okay. Uh. I just you don't. know, I think a lot of people were happy to to uh, make their rent off of this movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like McGinley seems like I mean, dude, he was in Wall Street kicking ass. You know, he was in Platoon. I mean, he he's was. been in some of the but he's a working actor. We're all working actors. Who I wants mean, to work with Seagal in Alaska? And he's like, Oh. Dude, well, not you know, to I, mention I, not to mention the two other Megastars that are in this movie. Joan well. Chow as Chow. we haven't even got to Joan Chow yet, but I'm like, look at these big stars. You got Steven Seagal, Michael, Michael Kane. Kane, and Joan Chow. Oh, and you can't forget with John C. McGinley. And what's the other well, guy's name? Michael forget Tripp? who's the goon uh, in this Ali, movie. Ali Emery's in this movie, and Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. We'll get to him that later. Ali Emery. That blew my mind. That's, oh my you know God. what? I, I don't think we've explained to people the entire plot of this movie, though. I mean, it's oh. very typical, you know, bad guys doing bad things and hurting people in order to make money. Uh, so it really comes down to the computer jargon of they used an old thing, but all of a sudden he's got two weeks to be online or he can't, you know, which is just bad uh, writing, you know, two weeks to be online or the whole thing goes away. And so all of a sudden he's got to kill everybody and find the floppy disk. And it, I mean, it's just really thrown together poorly in the second act. After that wonderful entrance by Seagal and the hand slap fighting, this movie takes a downhill. It really does after he makes jokes about people dying in an oil fire. I thought it was just, it just is so bad. But I mean, yeah. the bad guys, they send Steven Seagal on this mission in which they plan on killing him, blow up this whole oil rig. And again, he survives. I don't know how. He just does. He's in the snow. I mean, they blew him up right next to the snow, I'm guessing. That was their problem. I guess it was just too much. No fire and ice. <laughs> but he's rescued by the Eskimos. And that's where we get into a whole other movie, which is just... This that is, is the with Wolves part. This is it the really is Wolves part. an entire ripoff. Right. Man. But it's been in a hundred movies where the, you know, this, the oh. city dweller, sort of the white man or the city dweller, even though he's got a connection, you know, he goes deep in with the tribe. They take him in. They this this is in. almost a fistful of dollars. Almost a fistful of dollars. Avatar, mm -hmm. Last Samurai, that last. Troll well, 2. We don't speak it's of Last Samurai. Kevin, I thought we just do bad movies here. We don't do atrocities <laughs> in humanity. I haven't seen that since it came out in theaters, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm a so are you guys old enough? Let's talk. Before we get into the mercenaries, which yeah. I love that they oh. refer to them as mercenaries. They're not afraid. They're just called, we need some mercenaries. And I'm like, <laughs> like we got some right here. In, in 80, you know, in 94, where you just, that's, a, that's the yellow pages in 94. You're gonna, you don't, <laughs> You don't look in that. Up. But I was going to say, do you guys remember the movie Backdraft? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there's another part of that movie that's also like you're talking about the 20 movies this movie's made up of. There's definitely about 22 minutes of Backdraft in this film. 
You I know, when he shows up, just the, just the whole firefighting genre. Like, let's make yeah. firefighting sex. This is what this guy did. He's a fire jump, but we, he, he don't just do that. He pulls the plug on uh, explosives, you know, Dude. and they like blew him up to be like this firefighter that everybody needs. But then they literally just showed him getting blown up and surviving. Like, it's not that bad, right? You live, like, he, bro. He's knocked out. We just oh. saw that fire and ice don't work. There's a lot of ice up here in Alaska, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and that can save you. And it does save him. And they, the tribe brings him in. And the chief, oh. I'm assuming, is the chief. But I, I have a question. I felt, I felt shortchanged at this moment because when I saw we're going to have an Eskimo savior movie and he turns up and there's no fucking igloos, <laughs> I was, that, was, that was apparently outside budget because these fucking Eskimos live in huts. And I'm like, what the fuck? And not only that, but the biggest, I think the biggest, the funniest part for this movie is that the Eskimos have an emergency jet ski that they have. <laughs> that was, that blew my mind because like, yeah, we're, we're kind of, we are kind of civilized just slightly, but. That's in a lot of movies though, I think where they go into like some backwoods barn and the guy's like, all I got here, remember in Romancing the Stone when the dude had like the four by four truck, just like in the middle of nowhere, you know, like that, like um, device, what is it called? The device of God, the. Um, <laughs> Ex Machina? Uh, yeah, yeah. That was you a know, good one. It just happened to have a, 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 a jet ski to get you through. Right. Yeah, that's the thing though, mate. I can leave my car for two weeks and the fucking thing won't start. This guy can leave a jet ski up there for like four years and it kicks over. Oh, immediately. And it gets mm. him out there. But I mean, the whole chief, I just love that like, oh, he's afraid of you. He thinks you're a wolf or he thinks you're a bear. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not. And he goes, oh, okay. And then they're best friends. They're <laughs> best friends. I know that's almost like an anime friendship, the way they just go from, are you a bear? No, well, we're best friends. Like, it is funny. <laughs> but when Steven Seagal walks, he tries to leave, and he gets attacked by all the wolves. He's like, God damn it. I thought, you <laughs> I, thought I could take you guys. And they go, wait, wait, wait. The village comes down and stomps the wolves. And he turns around and just goes, guys, I got to get out of here. Like, I don't think I belong. Like, dude, you just not even acknowledging, like, what the fuck's up with these wolves? Like, what's wrong with you? But he just immediately changed the subject. Like, guys, I got to go. Like, I just don't think you guys are safe. Like, no, we can train you. We can train the wolves. And what do we got is a training montage. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky, Listen, stolen. Right, right. You dance with these wolves, you're going to be fast as lightning, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he really, yeah, because it was literally dances with wolves. He starts training. <laughs> he starts, you know, they carry him on whatever that thing is, like the, the sled. And it's beautiful. And isn't. There's okay, like, so oh. he takes off on the sled. Like, the, the people are good. The Inu I think they're Inuit no, people. No, no, I don't know no, if they no. want to be called you're, that. You're forgetting he gets knighted first. When oh, 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 oh we got to talk about the trip to find himself, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to ask about yeah, that. Wait, 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 that's my favorite part of the fucking movie, man. I was so lost. I was like, oh, I love it. That's the third movie of this movie. Is another. This, this is more fear and loathing in Las Vegas than anything. Just wedged in, wedged in the middle of this thing. Exactly. I exactly was so what it is. confused. I did not know what movie. The dream. The dream from. sequence is fucking outstanding. Where he and, runs up and he has to kill the bear, and they're all dancing. By the way, that's Bart the bear. That bear yeah. has a name. Famous he's bear. Bart. Oh, is it really? <laughs> he was, was in he tons of eighties movies. Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah, he's the top bear. Was it Grizzly Falls? Which movie was it? The Great Outdoors. The Bear. 
Oh, he's, he was definitely the same bear in the great outdoors. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, uh, that whole yeah, man, the fact that. He had to work with Ackroyd and then Seagal. Come on, bro. That's <laughs> like, you, can see, you can see the bear going, fuck this shit. I'm going to my trailer. Right, I right. Do this shit. Right. I'm going to move to Omaha. We're just going to do Zoom meetings. Like it's... Oh, man. But that whole, that scene, it that was scene just, is yeah, phenomenal, dude. It was hilarious. I was tripping because it's like, what? Am I doing peyote? Like, what movie? I thought this was like an action environment movie. And now I'm taking drugs. I don't... Dude, dude the whole metaphor that Steven makes out of it is... Fucking amazing! You, I, don't worry, I watched this high as fuck, and I got it. <laughs> Most I definitely. got it, man. I mean, after after he's done, after he's fallen in the river, after after he's fought Bart and fell in the river and been saved by the chief, yeah. given and, and given what I would hope is probably mouth to mouth, then he ends up in that cave from Return of the Jedi. Yes, and <laughs> oh, just, I mean, he's got the choice, man. He's sitting there, and it's like the choice of the old lady, which I'm assuming is Mother Mother Nature. And the naked Eskimo chick who wants to yeah. fuck him, which I think represents the oil company, and he has the choice between the two. This is how fucked up my weed was. And I was like, okay, so he ends up with picking fuck the, the hot Eskimo naked chick. I'm going with, and that was just a nice chance to put titties in the movie. And he's going, rightio, we're going to go with Mother Nature. It was, it was a beautiful scene. I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> I learned a lot about yeah. Steven Seagal. And I just... It really, it was beautiful. But unfortunately, though, I mean, Dr. Cox and his buddies come in <laughs> looking for him with their gun. Oh, bro, that oh. is straight murder porn. Straight murder porn. It, I mean, that is like incredible. First off, the titties were a little owed to Under Siege. Yeah. Right? That because was never before has four seconds of titties made a million people buy that movie. You know? <laughs> I, love that. Like, I love that. I love that when they shoot their own film. We're going to put titties in the movie, but they're going to be artful titties. Oh, they were Baywatch titties, dude. That was oh, the they were great, but they were in the middle of like a scene that's artsy. And you know what I mean? It was like, we're tripping. And so we're for kids to buy the, VH, the VHS yeah. so they can pause yeah. it and watch it. <laughs> yeah, but then that part of the movie will bend. You know, the old VHS tapes would bend, uh, but then it'll really seem like a trippy scene after that. So it kind of was like, maybe he's really good director. It was kind of Conan. It had a little bit of Conan about it. Little Conan. But then... After, are we going to talk more about the murder porn and this? We got to talk about Doctor Cox and his buddy come in trying to long, seize long death face. scene. I mean, they're just like, how many times can you kill this guy? He, <laughs> they shot the chief. He went in. But yeah, then the tribe is sitting there, you know, with like their sticks and their arrows, but it wasn't effective enough. Like, okay, well, we have two pistols, so we're going to take all forty of you at the same time <laughs> with our two rounds of ammunition, and they were just too strong, but. They found his jacket. Like, he is here. You lied to me, you piece of shit. And then they shoot him dead. And that was rude. That's when I started not liking this Dr. Cox guy. It's see, that's like hanging out with Tom Berenger on Platoon. So he learned his tricks down there. He, it was, right? again, another tribute to another movie that he was already in. Was, uh, <laughs> that's what I think he was doing. Because... <laughs> Homage! <laughs> I mean, that scene was, you know... Oh, man. You know, there was nothing like, there was not, not, it just did nothing. It was just like watching it. Let's just watch this dude get, can we I know, he already, him? he already killed another old guy. And like, we already don't. And so we like know he's got guy. kind of an artful way about him, but this guy, no panache. Yeah. Just that's it. We have to like, double down. Murder, I call it murder sure. porn. Yeah. But then I mean, after this, this guy dies, but after the murder porn scene. Yeah. But luckily. Has a moment, <laughs> which I like to call the commando homage. 
Uh, when he goes on okay. his jet ski. When he, like, when he puts all the, you know, he's loading up everything and he's uh, ready to go. Like on the commando down. on horse. Remember, he just loads up and he's ready to go. Dude, he's ready to go full Liam Neeson on this fucking joint. Oh, he he's was. Just, he really. He's a man with a very particular set of skills. I'm sorry, you guys. I jumped ahead. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Okay, I jumped ahead. <laughs> we don't talk. We, we didn't talk about how they hire the mercenaries. The mercenaries get there, and it's Arlie Ermy. Arlie Ermy. Arlie Ermy, who's one on of the, the greatest seat. actors in our time. Okay. R.I.P. Full Metal Jacket is, but in this movie, he's. Such bad acting, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, because he's got hair and he's not screaming at nineteen-year-old kids who are scared shitless. And he does the uh, uh, "Come over here," you know. How do you want this done? Okay, and then he just walks away. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this this. There wasn't really much mean? of a. There wasn't much of a character. We're just kind of like, okay, let's kill this guy. They look he, like the killer version of the band Color Me Bad. He that's went. Ali went from being the drill sergeant to being the sergeant at your platoon when you get to your regiment, who just sleeps in the common room all day and drinks pizza. I know. You oh, came murdered by his own men. What you wanted to destroy. But yeah, he comes in and is being a mercenaries, like we talked about. Has a guy named Billy Bob Thornton who has a few lines in this. Two movie. lines. Two, and then Two he also is murdered. Hey, you know, Billy Bob has a name in this movie. You know the name of his character is. Is Homer, right? Homer Carlton. How the fuck do you land on that? For a guy with one line of dialogue, we're going to call this guy, not Hood, not bad guy number six, Homer Carlton. Because he, I'm sure, because he's so fucking weird. And he has been in a handful of movies before this where he, like, they could tell, okay, we want to give you more screen time. We're going to make your character kind of cool. But because Steven Seagal was directing, they went nowhere with it. And or, it's like, yeah, you're a goon. Or they had done hours of Carl Homer Carlton material they, they and did. they were like you know what this guy we're just yeah Jesus. you know he doesn't really love the earth bro he was faking it like fucking yeah. Billy Bob method acted the whole fucking two-line performance <laughs> because <laughs> he's wearing the sunglasses when he's off stage he's out of character he's still wearing the sunglasses <laughs> in the middle of the night it's funny you mention that because they did have to cut a lot of this movie down because I mean to jump ahead just a little bit we got to talk we, about Steven Seagal's presentation at the very Can we not jump ahead just yet? Because we missed one not scene which didn't, which didn't hit the editing floor. The fucking which, horse chase. Oh. The horse chase. Beautiful. Why is it that suddenly Ali Emery gets off the, Ali Emery gets off the helicopter with Tell Me Bad, right? Yeah. And everybody has the ability to ride a horse like a Kentucky Derby jockey. <laughs> they are flogging the shit out of these horses across They're Alaska trying to catch Steven Seagal. I grew, I grew up on horses. It's fucking hard. I didn't ride a it's, horse for five years. And yeah, I know. It's it's not easy. I've tried oh. twice in my whole life. And there's no way that Homer Carlton is riding a fucking horse. I can tell you that much right now. That's, That's just not happening. Or maybe he is. That dude's fucking weird. Yeah, I don't the horse. That Did you guy. hear him? Yeah, it is Billy Bob. He probably learned on a ranch for fucking like two years before the park. And got it wouldn't surprise me. Billy Bob has some history of just... You know being... what? 1994 is really the turning point, though, to really... The pure '90s, because the stuff that came before that still had the the like sprinklings of the '80s left over, you know. '94, right. like movie? with the, you know, the round glasses is what I, I think of exactly the way that uh, Homer is dressed and the way you know the doctor. Oh my god, like that was so good. Is this movie pre-Sling Blade or after Sling Blade? I think it was before. Yeah, I think Sling Blade. Uh, there's like no before. way you can do it's Sling Blade two years, two it's two years before. Movie. 
Sling Blade's 96. Oh, thank God. I was going to say, if that was flipped around, it would have fucked my brain up. And two years before this movie, he was getting slapped around in Tombstone, if you remember. He was. He does. I know we don't like to mention good movies on your podcast, Kev. Don't mention good movies. Only shitty movies. We can't. No, no, no. It's not allowed. Before we get into the long-ass speech, I just want to throw this down. In 1994, was considered one of the best years in American cinema, dude. Shawshank, Forrest Gump, Lion King, Speed, Pulp Fiction, Dumb and Dumber, The Crow. Like, dude, so many. And then this movie comes out. You know, yeah. among the other guys, uh, True Lies came out. So that's oh, why this wasn't so a big good. movie for 94, because that was the shit. Now, Stallone is doing The Specialist. So that was kind of a dud, because it also had a bunch of big stars. But it was, you know, and then JCVD was doing Time Cop. So 94 was like a thin <laughs> year. Only True, True Lies stood out. That was Ooh. a solid year. Yeah, that was, it was good. 93 like was the, well, the 93 was the opposite, right? Stallone was doing Demolition Man, but Schwarzenegger had Last Action Hero. Which I'm sure you guys have done that one on this podcast, right, Kevin? Not yet. I've still oh, never oh. sat through Christmas it. Coming. I can't get into it. It's just, oh, I like I like I think Last Action Hero is a good movie. Oh, I love the idea movie. and I love that he's parroting himself. I just can't it's just too weird for me. I've just never been able to sit down and enjoy it. It's just I don't know. It's no I will say command. It definitely has its place as far as even though it's a gimmick, it you know what, he does a good job of parroting himself in those moments and that was the yeah. most we had. Dude, it was that in Twins was the only acting we ever saw from Arnold, Arnie. I mean, I will say I have Last Action Hero and On Deadly Ground on VHS. So I'll just... I'll pop Last Action it. Hero is like a film colonoscopy, mate. It doesn't feel good, but it's better that you got it done. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I have to sit down if I'm a film buff to do it. I've seen yeah. 20 minutes. I appreciated it, but I just... I don't know. If it's I the can. kid that makes it hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I was making it difficult. But I mean, I so say. he kills Doctor Cox. I mean, Doctor Cox has this whole like character one eighty, like oh, I'm trying to be a good guy now, and then he runs away. And I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> he had a change of heart, and it's gonna be okay. But then he runs into Steven Seagal, and then they have this whole back and forth, and he's like, nope, and he tries to kill him, and then he throws him into a helicopter wing. Which, ouch! Which that's one Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, <laughs> throwback by trying to homage movies that are better than yours. <laughs> right, that's <laughs> what this is. This is like a quilt made up of old Mate, the, teachers. The whole, t- the whole time he's walking around killing people, he's using a Motorola cell phone that I carried when I was in the army at the time in 95. Okay, that, that, that phone had a 45 minute battery if you didn't use it or open it. <laughs> okay, and he is just making calls left, right, and center on this fucking thing. I'm like, dude, what is it with this thing? is going to pull off at this point the only good thing that phone was for was hitting people with which he didn't do it's like actually felt like a house brick and then what's her face sees steven seagal killing him and goes oh i'm gonna kill you but instead of running him over drives into a, a gas tank and blows up mysteriously and blows up but because there was must a- have been a pinto <laughs> it was just <laughs> so out of nowhere, but I mean, good for them for dying. Which but I thought was weird. I'm like, <laughs> then he kills Michael Caine. He does in the most glorious way possible. And I got to say, for Michael Caine, I'm sure that that was his favorite day of filming because it meant the film was done for him. It might have been, unless there were reshoots. Otherwise, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. I won't be there. Use use my junior British guy. Yeah, <laughs> he just. How does he kill him? That was he hooks him onto the crane, puts him in the oil, puts him in the oil. It's it's a bit of Batman in it. It was, 
Feels Sorry, like. used another good movie in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we, we never mention the good movies. We, we can mention movies in my movie podcast. It's okay. I've, okay. I've, I've allowed it. I've deemed it. <laughs> I don't want Apple to get all crazy, though. Like, you mentioned the Lion King. We have to shut you down. Disney wants that money. That's true. <laughs> I just there. said it. I just said there's better acting from the Lion King, and there's no actors in that. It's all voices. <laughs> That's true. But so, I mean, we so, get the, all right. So now we killed him, Kevin, and I assume you want to get to. We gotta talk about. The, we got one more thing. We've missed something. Oh, what did we miss? What did we miss? Okay, he killed. Got he killed Doctor Cox. He killed Gunny Hartman. He killed Michael Caine. Who do who do you forget to kill? What the fuck happened to Homer Carlton? That's my fucking question at this point. He died. Did oh, you know, he, he died. He was, in, uh, he died thing at the door, and did he die in a fire? Yeah, he, they blew. Shot? Oh no! They blew him up. They blew him yeah, up. He died. Oh, he's just collateral damage. He didn't get yeah, going out. It was a very, it was a very, very quick scene. He was shooting at the door. Steven Seagal blew it up, and he fell off a railing. And we're assuming. Oh shit! It's now really, I'm gonna go and pay another three ninety nine to watch Homer Carlton die. On oh no, 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 it's on sale for ninety nine cents right now, baby. Oh, Don't you worry about it. Is on deadly ground. No, because he sets the he sets the bombs up or inside yeah, of the yeah, yeah. Uh, inside the house. And so when they shoot up the house, it blows up, and they both go flying off the bridge. Remember? Ah. And don't get me I'm wrong, like, I missed it the first time, but I, like, I googled. Did you watch like, Billy? I um, I missed it. I only watched it today, but I, I I'm here on the set of On Deadly Ground right now. I spoiled it for myself because I was like, "Wait, what the fuck? Billy Bob's in this movie?" And so I went on YouTube and I watched the scene where he died because that's the only scene they had of him. So that's the only reason I got it. Because the second time I watched, I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's a." But when they there. die, you see the other guys wearing parachute pants. Wow! <laughs> oh. I was like, "Oh, '90s fashion!" Oh! There it is. But getting to the oh my of this god, movie, the long we gotta talk about. Long, oh my god, long, This is like he made this like a legitimate speech, like if like like they were gonna play this in Congress. And you know what? So they filmed this scene, and do you guys have a guess on how long the monologue originally was? Oh, it had to be about forty minutes. That's exactly right. It was a forty-minute monologue Holy that shit. he was giving, and Warner Brothers sent this screening out, and <laughs> test screeners were laughing and they were booing and flipping off the screen, and it it was a disaster. So they had to cut it down to about six, seven minutes. <laughs> about seven but, and a half. Yeah. Damn. What were you thinking, Stephen, to have this giant presentation about the environment after your little action film? Like, what did you really think was going to happen? But I'm starting to think. You should have had the presentation after the titties, and then people would have paid attention. During the titties. During the titties. (laughs) The girl could have turned around, titties out, and given the presentation. You should have been doing the presentation. I would have listened. It would have been the best part of the movie. But and and not only that, have it in the middle during the shroom sequence, <laughs> like where we're all freaking out, Just like the world is dying. But it was, it was amazing. I gotta that, say, you know what? I like the speech. I definitely think it was his best acting in the whole film. <laughs> Easily the best part. Okay, because he was talking. I mean, he's he's right. He's boring as fuck, but he's right. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> at you, and, and what he's saying. I mean, I blame this film. This film came out, and then the Prius came out seven years later. Okay, I don't know if you guys are cause and effect here, but I think Steven Seagal caused us all to look inside and be like, do I we want to fix the earth, or do we want to listen to a forty-minute speech from a fake martial artist? <laughs> I mean, 
I'm assuming he tried to do well. I don't know how the earth is doing. I haven't checked up. But I mean, well, it's 94. <laughs> it's, strange that, it's strange that apparently Putin can make this guy a fucking Russian, but apparently Al Gore can't grab him by the hand and go, yes, you're the fucking man. <laughs> so he, you know, he's born in America, but he's of uh, uh, Cyrillian and Russian, Stephen Seagal, I mean, not Al Gore. But, I will uh, say, I don't know if you guys have seen that video of him recently doing some of his martial arts on people and how pathetic it is. It's oh. like a very, it's a viral video on YouTube yeah. that I. Uh, and I've been watching his recent movies. When I get bored, I watch a Steve. I watch a Seagal 2018. And oh shit, he's still really going. Good. I didn't know. Oh no, mate. I, when I was in, when I worked out in the Middle East, and you're always buying bullshit DVDs from the Haji Mart and shit like that. I end up one day with the crown jewel of bootleg DVDs. It was a one DVD with 20 Steven Seagal movies on one DVD. Wow, that's a score. Best two week period of my life in the Middle East. All we did was sit down and watch the entire fucking catalog of Steven Seagal movies, including the ones he didn't release in America, the ones he just made in, in Japan <laughs> oh, and yeah. China. There are, some, that made, there are some amazing things that he did. When he was given full directorial control, where he could just go right here, I'm paying for it, writing it, directing it. Holy shit! Nice. Oh yeah, he's released like twelve movies in Russia that are, you know, for Eastern European audiences only. Good for I mean, him. That's where the money's at, right? Get down get, his audience, right? F- fucking yeah. dollars. I want rubles. We're over in America because I've heard he's like notoriously kind of an asshole to work with, but apparently right. Michael Caine and him got along. And Dr. Cox <laughs> wasn't crazy, but, but I mean, I've heard, yeah, he's kind of a dick uh, to his fans. There's a, there's a lot of the uh, Saturday Night Live. They say Steven Seagal was the worst guest I, of all and time. It's funny you mentioned that. I just watched that clip of him and Chris Farley trying to do a sketch together where yeah. Steve Seagal's like the overbearing father and Chris Farley's trying to take his oh, daughter on a date. Oh, that is the worst sketch I've ever seen. He does, he has zero comedic timing. And he's just standing there. And you can tell the audience is looking at each other, just like, should we, do we laugh? Like, what, what is oh, happening? Man. And that was, and I watched that like maybe two days ago. That was the whole, the Dude, worst. What, what, what is a really cool thing in every one of his movies, because I've seen most of them now, <laughs> is he always has an exposition scene where somebody's talking about him, to him, and basically saying how much of a fucking badass he is. Well, I'd love to get I'd love to get instructed by you one day because you're apparently a fucking eighth damn black belt and fucking woo, and that's his. That, and he'll go on and oh yeah, well I can't do that. I'm not taking students right now. And then they'll just do the plot. He'll just it's get so, the exposition out there that he's a fucking badass, and that's it. So funny you mentioned that because I wrote that down. Everyone keeps talking about him like he's the coolest motherfucker. Like, oh my god, think about your worst nightmare multiplied times ten. This motherfucker is right. gonna kill you. We gotta right. get that's him. just forest. You don't yeah. want to get in his way. You don't want to jaywalk around forest. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> don't, go, yeah. don't go rapid cattle with him either. Yeah, I can't. It's hard to tell if he's uh, actually full of himself by watching this, but I think he might be just a little bit. <laughs> so, but. Can we go back to the opening credits, though, real quick? Please. Because, you know, when you see the names, Seagal, Kane, Chow, and then an eagle directed by Steve yeah. Seagal, and there's the eagle, and of course it flies off with the red tail hawk sound. And now, an I heard that know. sound effect a couple times in the it's, movie. It's always it's in the background. <laughs> I've dated. Uh, uh, can you can you can you help out the Australian in the room and tell me exactly yeah. what is? So whenever you see an eagle on the screen and it goes, that's a red tail hawk sound that they put on an eagle. 
Is that like the one that's in westerns all the time? And you exactly. Go, ah! the, it's the exactly Eagle sound the sound. Effect. It's very epic and it's yeah, very. But it's a red tail sound. But that's the you know, like you know, and you look up and it's just one bird in the sky, and they like it's an oh. eagle. But they, dude, and I thought for like for this movie, and he's so focused on the environment, and to just start off the movie by letting people know, I didn't really do my research on the environment or how things sound or what really I, science. We don't give a fuck about science. We just wanted the shot. Yeah, dude, dude, the sound guy in the editor must have got so fucking drunk trying to put this thing together they just like had enough after about a day already. Dude, can you imagine them fighting over the hand slap scene? This not how it slaps out. <laughs> it's true. But well You guys were great. Oh my god, can I just say before I know I keep interrupting, but man, it is a pleasure to do this with Dan Green, who has seen Dan all Green. of these Steven Seagal movies. Like, all, all that I'm aware of. That's amazing. Like, dude, you've seen all the movies that anybody would want to see. Plus Dude, four. There, there is one where he slides up a hallway, and I'm pretty sure he's lying on a skateboard, and he's sliding <laughs> past the door it's like this. It's so fucking funny, man. It's the best thing I've ever seen in an action movie, period. And he's sliding against the laws of physics up with his hands out like this, like he's like he's somehow fucking Superman on the fucking on the wood. I'm sorry, I swear too much. I'm Australian, and he's sliding up there like someone's just buffed, like just buffed the floor, but he's lying on a fucking banana board. And going straight up the road. It's amazing. Oh I just wish I could remember the movie it was from. <laughs> they all kind of, they all kind of gel yeah. together. It becomes super paratrooper, yeah. mercenary man, fucking everything right. towards the end. They but really now what about do. the conspiracy theory that this movie was so detrimental to the environmental <laughs> Exxon, Dyson, <laughs> DuPont people that they had to push it down. And that's why this wasn't a commercial success. No, I mean, no, I don't no. know. I Everybody's think they're just, they're just trying to make up for how much it bombed and how That's it wasn't what it is. very good. But how it's a secret masterpiece, though, because I enjoyed it. Do you guys recommend On Deadly Ground as like an enjoyably bad movie? Not I think that Dan said it best. If you are a fan of movies, action movies, 80s movies, 90s movies, this is the movie for you. You want to see what happens when actors direct? I, th I think if they renamed this movie Dances with Eskimos but not with Igloos, then I'd be into it. <laughs> and that would be, that would have been that would have got more people to the to the to the theater. I, I recommend this movie purely for that dream sequence in the middle. <laughs> That's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, seconded, seconded. Most definitely. I highly recommend this because if you're not familiar with Steven Seagal, which I kind of wasn't, and to watch something I knew he directed, this movie is hilarious. And it hits all the notes on just like this guy who thinks he's so fucking cool and then like getting to learn the Eskimos and like the over-the-top action sequences that make absolutely no sense. Well, he didn't, oh. he didn't, he didn't marry an Eskimo. I mean, he could have gone the full bird with it. But he he did. the full Dances with Wolves. And then yeah, they he did the, the full Dances with Wolves. The horse on the way out, right? It was only about 20 minutes because we had to rip off so many other movies too. We only, <laughs> we only had about 20, 30 minutes set aside. For the dance with Eskimos. It didn't work out. <laughs> I will say the phrase that I thought of with this movie, overindulgent, if you've ever heard that phrase used for a director. Yeah. Like, this is what I want to say. This is how I want to look. I don't care if it doesn't make sense. I got I know what I I know what my vision is and I'm sticking to it. That that's true. And I do have one final one final question for you guys. Which jacket was your favorite? Because I just it's hard. I'm going to go with the first one he wore in the helicopter because that shit was phenomenal. Was that the one that was on the poster? It was. 
Yeah, yeah, with the extra fringe on the shoulders. Yeah. Dude, he had. I knew he was a real. I knew he was really down with the uh, Native Americans because he was wearing a lot of turquoise. So that's, <laughs> that's the only man. way you know. That's really the only way to. No, the red one. I remember the red one. Yeah. No, there's a there's a there's a tan furry jacket when he's going full Eskimo, and it's just fluffy as shit. Makes him almost look like a panda. Oh, that's the, fur the one too. Oh, the fur coat, say, dude. I'm into that one. I will say it that like a, it I looks think. like the worst Care Bear ever. I will say that's my second favorite when he's when he's when he's riding with the he's not dancing with the wolves but he is riding a sled with them. I was gonna yeah that's when he takes the sled and he's out there. Yeah. Like, Don't worry, guys. Mind, mind, mind you, have you looked at the size of those fucking Eskimos? Apparently, they're just gonna sit a, a coat in like double XL just lying around ready for that guy to just come in there because every other Eskimo is built like a jockey's whip, and this guy's sitting there just buffed out and just rocking a perfect fit. That's so true. Maybe they built that in because they knew that one day the savior would come. You know, like well, we somewhere there's a big jacket. fucking Eskimo with no jacket. jacket. Whoever fits <laughs> this jacket is going to save us. We can get him the wolf. It's going to be okay. Oh, Cinderella jacket. Okay, that makes more sense. That's a better title for the movie, right there. Cinderella, oh, Cinderella jacket. jacket. I would have watched the shit out of that. I would too. Do you guys have anything you want to like plug or promote on this podcast? Um. I um I just started a new thing, uh, a new project called G'day from LA. That's three A's in G'day. It's a big G'day, like you've not, not seen someone in a while. Um, G'day from LA on YouTube. Uh, G'day from LA.com. Um, it's a thing that's basically engineered towards Australians living in America. But we do have an interesting challenge on there called Are You My Vegemite, where we get Americans to eat Vegemite for the first time. So <laughs> that should, it should be interesting and should be something that hopefully people will check out. Sounds great. That sounds lovely. Um, you know, yeah, there is. I've seen Vegemite Marmite fights to the death in the streets. Oh, that, you want to be careful. That, that, yeah, that's a that fucking movie a, right there. There was like people will they will stab each other with very soft, blunt knives. <laughs> they are two very different things that taste like shit. Um, it's incredible. Uh, that sounds fun. Good day from LA. I, I love that. I love that. Um, what am I promoting? My website is called thewinejerk.com. I do wine and comedy. Um, I'm trying to combine them both, you know, what better way? And if you don't like my jokes, just drink more and shut up. I don't know how else to put it. I don't know how else to put it to you. <laughs> um, that's what I got guys. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute pleasure to to sit here and talk with you guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much. That was fantastic. Thanks so much for being on guys. I appreciate you so much. Enjoy your night.